got to embrace that in my life. He created me to be his, and, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be the preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Father, speak to us this morning in an amazing fashion that will change our lives forevermore, and we will come into the true identity of who you called us to be, and that is a person who displays your image, the image of the Father here in this earth. And Father, we step out by faith and say, let all your fullness come dwell in us and on us so that we can rise up to truly fulfill Scripture and be the light of the world in a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so throughout this year, beginning of the year in January, we started out with a series called Home because we wanted to show you a place to call home. Home is where the presence of the Father is. And we prayed you felt the love and the presence of the Father this morning here at TWBC. And we know that as home is where the presence of the Father is, we, the Bible says that we're seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. And so our eternal spiritual home is already established with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. And so right now, even though you're physically seated in this sanctuary, you are seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. If you're excited about that, give him a shout of praise this morning. And so as you're seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places, and we're excited about that, we get to realize this. As you walk in the doors of TWBC, you're not a project for us to fix. You're a person that we love. Okay? We're, we're not into project fixing. You're not the divorced couple that walked in. You're not the alcoholic that walked in. You're not the homeless that walked in. You're not the drug abuser that walked in. You're a person that walked in that deserves the love of the Father. And the agenda of TWBC is to show you that love, whether it be helping you get in the church, whether it be feeding you too much after church when we have a big party. We want you to know that it is fun to be in the house of God and be here. And you're not a project we're trying to fix you're a person that we love and we want to celebrate with. And even though we're seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places, we're physically here in this place called earth. And so our heart's desire after we found a place called home and we're seated with Christ in heavenly places was we know we're physically dwelling in this place called earth. And as we're dwelling in this place called earth, Jesus gave us a specific command in the Lord's Prayer. He said, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we went on a, on, on a quest to find how do we get the presence of God from heaven to manifest with us here in this earth. And we went into a series called Abide, where we wanted the culture of heaven to manifest here, where we see people healed, saved, delivered, set free. And we saw all those things happen. And we realized when we see those things happen, the glory of God shows up. And when the glory of God shows up, it doesn't just transform cities and redeem generations and change people. It changes us. And as Moses found out, he came off the mountain of being in the presence of God. And he was glowing with the glory of God at an unprecedented level. So much so that the people of Israel said, hey, put something over your face because you're glowing too much with the glory of God for us to be able to handle. And as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we live in a superior covenant to the one Moses lived in. And if we live in a superior covenant, the glory of God should be superior in this superior covenant. Amen. So I believe there is a day dawning on the church when the church glows with the radiance and the glory of the Father. Amen. Come on. And we see cities transformed. Come on. Give me a hand clap of praise. And we see generations redeemed and made brand new. And so we went on this quest and the glory of God began to show up. And as the glory of God began to show up, we began to talk to ourselves as, and ministers and, and we said, 
The glory of God is here, so what's happening? We're changing. The church is changing. So we must find out the identity that we're changing into. And that's where we started this series called Identity. And we're changing into the image of the Father. When we leave this place over the next two weeks as political climates are escalating and and hatred seems to be at an all-time high and everybody's so easily offended about everything and every little thing offends people, we should be the image of the Father that walks into a room. Come on. And the song that we sing, when he walks into the room, everything changes. Amen. I believe when you walk into the room with the glory of God on your life, everything begins to change. I believe the power of God can begin to manifest. And as we were in this series of identity, we discovered this, that your destiny is found in your identity. It's not the opposite. A lot of people say, when I make it to my destiny, I'll figure out who I am. No, when you figure out who you are, then you'll make it to your destiny. And so we want you to find your identity in Christ, the image of the Father that he's created you to be. And listen, your value, your value does not decrease based on someone else's inability to see your worth. Your value does not go down just because somebody does not see it in you. But you must begin to see value in yourself. You must realize you are not a mistake. You are not an accident. You are not a slip-up. You are a person ordained and destined by the Father to be right here in this place at the right time to see his image go forth into all the earth. Come on now. And that's who you are destined to be. And so as we find these things out, we realize that as we're realizing our destiny, we must put our place, our lives in a place that God can honor, that we can honor. And it's a safe growing environment so we can grow and to be all that God's called us to be. And last week we learned about God's given us a license, not just to operate, or not just to permission to do something, but authority to operate. And the Bible says this in Isaiah chapter 60, it says in the fifth verse, you will not just see, but you will see and be all that the Father's destined you to see and be. And so you're not just going to witness it, you are going to become all that the Father's called you to become. So today I want to share with you a real story about a transformational identity change. We have no clue what this younger generation of 6th graders, 7th graders, 8th graders are going through in this world. But imagine with me for a moment that you're back in your 8th grade year of middle school. Some of you that's just a little bit ago. Some of you it's just a little bit more than a little bit ago. Okay? And you're back in your 8th grade year, and all the pressures of life that were there at that age, that we as parents, I'm sorry, but we deal with things wrong sometimes, just because it's not a big deal to you because you're 20 years past it, does not mean it's everything in their life to them. And when we realize it's everything in their life to them to accomplish or achieve or be whatever they're trying to be, just like it's everything in your life to you when you can't pay your electric bill. Where you're worried about, it's just a girlfriend or a boyfriend problem. We got bigger things about paying an electric bill. It's not just that to them. It's their life. And when we'll begin to realize it's more than just something to them, it's their life at that moment, we'll love them and coach them through it in a way that will transform them and the world around them. But this is a story of an eighth grade little girl who was excelling in all facets. Her family was in church every single Sunday, had several brothers and sisters She was a star athlete on her soccer team. She was making the greatest grades, and and she was excelling in all areas. And as she began to excel in all areas, people began to recognize that on her. 
And people began to praise her for it, and rightly so. But all the praise and the stuff that she began to excel in, she began to not take it as, as, as a compliment from the Father, but pressures of life that she must then fulfill and live up to and stay to this standard. How many of y'all have ever been there? Amen. Come on. So the things that you've been doing is so great at now don't become a luxury and become a hobby and become fun. They become great pressure that you must live up to, that you must sustain this, 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 this legend that is being created about you. And as she was a star athlete playing soccer, and as she was making great grades, the pressure began to get to her. And as the pressure began to get to her, she started acting out and reacting out in different ways. And bullying became a real issue in her life. And it's not that she was being bullied because of all the pressure. She was doing the bullying. Now understand, this is a Christian girl in a Christian family in northeast Texas. In fact, right here in Sulphur Springs. And so all the pressure was mounting on her life. And as all the pressure was mounting on her life, she would then begin to try to hold other people to the standard that people were holding her to. And in doing so, she would degrade them and undermine them and say, well, why aren't you as good as this? And why aren't you doing that? And, and without even knowing it, she was becoming the bully herself. And it went on day after day, week after week, month after month, until one morning it got too much. The one morning it got too much and she was hearing the voice of God in the back of her head saying, you're of value, you're of worth. I've got this. You can accomplish great and mighty things. Keep going. But the pressures of life became too great. And this eighth grade girl who was making great grades and excelling in sports and was literally looked at by everybody as what a wonderful story that God is doing in her life went into the stall of the middle school bathroom and hung herself that morning. That morning, the pressure was too much. The voices around her telling who her identity was was greater than the voice of the father telling who, her she, who she really was. And she decided it's not worth it. I'm done. And a few minutes later, she stepped out and did the deed. All of a sudden, we phones are ringing off the hook at TWBC saying, Pastor, you've got to come. Pastor, you've got to call Damon. Pastor, you've got to know about this. Pastor, one of the girls from your, your church's youth group has hung herself in the middle school bathroom. Can you come to the hospital? Can you come? And the doctors called us and said, Joel, it's not looking good. And we stopped before we all left here in a frantic and said, her life will not end. We will see the glory of God in the land of the living at TWBC. And several of us went up to the hospital and began to pray. And not only that, the doctors led us in their room, began to pray, and the doctor said, Joel, you need to figure out how you're going to talk to the family. And as a pastor, you already know what that means. And so as I was sitting there thinking, I've either got to talk to the family or I can talk to the father. I can talk to the family or I can talk to the Father. And several of us went in this room and went around this little girl's bed. And we began to lay our hands on her and pray. And we were not going to accept anything less than God moving in on the situation. And we began to lay our hands on her and pray and intercede. And, and as we began to pray over the next couple hours, the doctor says, I don't understand it. She's steadily improving. We're going to transfer her to, to Tyler where we're going to keep her, and, and they, they're better expertise in this, and, and this is her best opportunity. So within the day, they transferred her to Tyler. 
And still our church didn't quit praying. Even some of our ministers, we had a time that morning where they prayed over a towel and laid their hands on it. Just like the Bible says, they laid their hands on handkerchiefs and they brought them to the sick and they were made well. The church came together and prayed over one of our baptism towels that we get out. And and some of our ministers went over there on a Sunday afternoon and laid it on her. And within that day, her eyes opened for the very first time. And she began to be cognizant of things that were going on. And as she began to be cognizant of things that were going on, her health continued to improve. She continued to get better. But as the journey of the crisis was done, the journey of finding her new identity had just begun. She not only went from life to death, but now she went from death back to life. And now the journey of her new identity had to begin to happen. She had to go through rehabilitation for several months. Her brothers and sisters, we had to do counseling with them, and we did counseling with her to keep the family together moving forward. And it was a a full all-hands-on-deck effort for over a year to to see things happen moving forward. And, And finally, she was at the point through rehab and habilitation that she was able to come home. And as she came home, it was a great celebration. But then where do we go from here? How do we help her establish her identity, the image of the Father? That we knew was in her, that she could see and then begin to live out in a supernatural, amazing, and miraculous way. And as she began to counsel with my mom on a, on a weekly basis and talk through things with her, and as she would go back to school, there was one day in counseling where they had this amazing breakthrough. And with this amazing breakthrough, she realized this, that she was loved. Sounds so simple to some of you we got a whole generation trying to find what love is. And they don't know that they're loved. See, we who graduated in the the, the late 80s, the 90s, and the early 2000s don't understand this generation. And they don't understand what love is. And so, if you guys could throw that picture on the screen, the very first picture with Jesus holding the little girl. She saw that on our counselor's desk and she looked at it and said, I'm worth something. For the first time in her life, she said, I'm worth something. Somebody loves me. Somebody loves me. And and at that point, they they went into the women's bathroom, and, and she looked at herself in the mirror, and for the first time, she said, I have value. I have worth. I'm loved by someone greater than 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 family and friends, and and they want they they love me not for what I can do, but because of who I am. They love me. They love me. And as that became a revelation in her life, she began to walk it out over and over and day after day. And listen, sometimes you're so, you're so out of your identity, it's a process to get you back into your identity. Do not give up on the process. The God of the miracle is still the God of the process also. And so if you're not getting your instantaneous miracle, there's a process he's working on. So don't give up on God of the process because a lot of times there's greater miracles in the process than there is in the instantaneous. And when it's a process, the process benefits more than just yourself. And so as she began to grow, as she began to live, and she began to function again, they, they, they brought her back into school, but because of the situation that occurred, she couldn't remember all the stuff she needed to remember. And so she had to literally in rehab learn how to walk again. And through rehab, she learned how to walk again. She went back to school. She had to train herself how to read again and how to write again and how to be, be, a, be a freshman in high school at this time again. And through all that process was going on, 
With inside of her, a new identity was building. A new identity was being revealed. A new identity was taking place. And she realized that public school wasn't really the place for her, so she found an online high school, and she was able to actually graduate high school a couple years ago. Come on, that's worth celebrating in itself. She was able to actually graduate high school. But here's what I want to celebrate this morning. This person who in eighth grade, several years ago, said life is not worth living. She was raised in a Christian family. Listen, she was at TWBC. I'm not talking about something that happened at another church. Parents, you need to go outside at Food Fest and look at your kids. And find out what you may not know about them. I mean, this isn't some foreign case around the world. This is what happened at home. And a couple days on Facebook, I was just thinking about it and and praying for her as, as we normally do. And then there was a picture that came up on Facebook. And she not only has found a new identity, she not only graduated high school, but Alexis Foster passed her exam to become a certified nursing assistant and is now entering a career in a profession. Would you put that up on the screen? And is moving forward in life with a new identity, with a new passion. Would you come on up? Bonnie, if you could come on up here. I know you're in the kitchen back there working, but call her out of the kitchen. Tell her to quit working for once in her life. If you Come on up here. I want you to just stand with Alexis just for a minute. And as I began to sit down with Alexis this past week and go through and, and visit her story and, and, and go through some of these things, our prayer was this, that this would not be a time to relive what happened in the past, but to look forward to what God has her for in the future. Amen. Love you, girl. Super proud of you. <laughs> if you're in this room and you're breathing air, you're nowhere near done yet. I don't care what you've done in the past, I don't care what circumstances you've gone through in the past, you're nowhere near done yet. And I'm so grateful for a staff that was able to just give into that and become part of that because we're nowhere near done yet. And Mitch, I want you and your worship team to come. And in just a minute, you're going to have the opportunity to say, I'm nowhere near done yet. We're going to sing a song, and it's yes and amen. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. This morning, I'm not sure how dark the darkness is in your life, but I know if you'll give him a chance. I know this morning, if you'll give him a chance, the light will burst forth and the power of God will be able to begin to manifest in your life like never before. Your identity is not in what you've done in your past. 
Your identity is found in the decision you're going to make right now this morning at TWBC.